Hey folks, welcome to All in a Day's Work, a podcast about work. I'm your host, Dean Craig. You're about to hear a conversation I got to have with someone who loves their job. During this podcast, you will hear what they do for work, how they earn their role, and most importantly, why they love their job. There's some really interesting stuff in here. So sit back and relax while I get to work. Hey, welcome back, folks. So if you remember last week, I, uh, I guess I pulled a dirty trick when you were about to hear how you could get involved with the Barbara Roberts Career Technical Center in Sheridan, Oregon. And uh, I cut it off right when Dory was about to answer the question, how to get involved. So anyway, we're going to tear right into that today, and uh, you'll get to hear the rest of Dory's story. And she is, she's really, uh, well, she's been in education for 30 years. She's worked her guts out. She's doing great things over in Sheridan. And, and I'm just, I'm excited to be able to bring the rest of this conversation to you. And uh, I, I hope you enjoy it. Um, call, then call the district office or email me. Okay. Do you want to give those numbers? E- either way, um, district office is 971-261-695. I will put those in the show notes as well. Okay. So that the, Thank I, you. if people want to, I think that people want to contribute. I really do. And they don't oftentimes know how I hear it from people all the no. time. How do I get involved? How do I help this grow? This is well, one way. And the other thing that, you know, Abishaw and contacting Sethor because she is working, um, industry donations. Yes. And talking with companies like Casco, um, there is also the opportunity for donations. Awesome. Of the, uh, of the materials that we're going to need. Excellent. And, the the construction company we selected, Brimit, they have experience in working with donations. Okay. In because this all the timing of the construction and this and and so we were really happy to hear that. Yeah. You know, because you're gonna have to work with with um, our community. And yeah. It truly is I'm glad you brought up community because this it truly is a community effort. Interesting to watch that come about. I was lucky enough to be early stages of CTEP when it was, it was just a oh. conversation. 15 years ago, 18 years ago now. And it, it would be, you know, what started is, I think, four of us sitting around griping about shop classes not being available anymore. And that I, at that time, ran a, a staffing agency. So I hired people for other companies. I couldn't mm-hmm. find welders, for instance. And yeah. schools had shut down their weld shops because they're expensive, right? They're yep. very expensive to operate. And the mindset shifted from, Learning how to do things to you're going to college. It's just the way it was, right? Raw or different doesn't matter. It, it is what it is. And now people have recognized, okay, not everybody's going to do that. We have to teach them some skills to take into their future. And I think also we've done a better job of promoting the opportunity for a living wage job. Absolutely. For sure. Because pe- people do not realize the good salary that you can have. And we want, we want our kids leaving high school doing what they love. Yes. You know, I have conversations with high school kids. What's your plan? And they're like, don't know. know. What are you interested in? And then how can we help your, what you're, what you're interested in? Yeah. Yeah. And I, as an aside, that whole notion concerns me a little bit that we put this pressure on kids when they become juniors to decide what their career is going to be. No. And I don't know that we should. I think we should have them thinking about it. I don't know if they should have it decided by then. Oh, 
Yeah. Well, and we, we communicate, you know, your interest and your career most likely will change. Yes. And especially as we learn about technology and students that really have those tech minds and tech skills, it's, we can't prepare for what it's going to look like 20 years from now. There's just no way. Yeah. We don't have crystal balls. most people do shift and do different things. So. Yeah. I certainly had no, no, I wasn't like you in second grade. No, what I was going to (laughs) do. You're going to forget that, are you? No, not going to let you forget it either. I had, I could see that. I had no notion, even after high school, I had no notion of what I wanted to do. And Mm -hmm. so I went to work. I went to work in sawmills and I worked for a tire store first and then into sawmills and just more and more responsibility. What I found out, interestingly enough, through doing, right, not through study, because I didn't know what to study. But through just doing things, I learned that I actually liked having responsibility. I liked mm-hmm. helping other people grow their knowledge. Well, yeah. that's how my life happened, right? It just happened. <laughs> I think that a lot mm-hmm. of us are like that somewhat. So I'm just super excited about what you're doing out there. And, and I love that a, a bunch of things about the way you do it. Like I mentioned before, your approachability is just such a big deal that I think and I, maybe I'm beating a dead horse by saying this, but I think more superintendents and more principals ought to have that approachable thought process mm-hmm. because it, it's a critical piece in our communities and in, in, in our young people's lives, our students' kids' lives, that we as parents aren't engaged with that. And, and, be, and being engaged means having those conversations with you and others. I think we're missing out. Don't have those. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Why do you think you're good at being a superintendent? I'm not putting you on the spot. <laughs> you, you absolutely are. I have heard so many wonderful oh tidbits of feedback about your, about who you are as a professional. You know, I'm harder on myself. I tell the board this. I'm harder on myself than anybody else could ever be. Perfect. Is this, it's this standard. And I think the work work like from my my parents and just to keep yeah uh, and I think I've I've realized my strengths and my oh yeah self awareness is a big deal. We caution. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, I had a supervisor once looked at me, and this was when I was an elementary principal. Is it mom was a tree, and they're like, "Well, you're the worker bee," and I'm like, "Yeah." Because there are things in this district that happen or people will make suggestions. And I'm like, well, that's brilliant. I never would have thought of that. Let's do it. Yeah. And we're open running. That's why, you know, in a small district, we can turn on a dime. You know, we can come up with creative ideas as a group. And I've really worked to surround myself with those, those creative minds. Because I don't think of those things. It's like, okay. And then also to be organizationally flat as much as possible and take the feedback from uh Hey, we really need to fix. And to have that level of communication where we can have the tough conversations and really be problem solving in that kind of mindset. Without being bruised. Right. Exactly. And I think right, my first two years were just honestly quite horrible. Well, of course they were. Right in the middle of COVID? Come on. And this year was just absolutely refreshing. I this is this is getting fun now. Yeah. <laughs> through the trial of three years of a learning curve, and I still run into things of okay, does that take board approval? 
what, what, you know, the role of the board, answering to the board, the superintendency is such a lonely position. I'm sure people, people really warned me of you're going to have to get some tough skin and you're going to have to realize how lonely it is that you report to the board. And then there are some things I have to keep right until I problem it out. And that's hard. That is, that is really hard. Now you don't have a confidant to go to. To bounce these ideas off of these thoughts. These... The Yamhill County superintendents, and, and I'll also include Perrydale superintendent, we, we rely on each other. You know, I can call any of them up and say, hey, I'm stuck on this. Yeah. What would you do? And my mentor, um, Highland Elementary, is a superintendent. And we play this game of, okay, let's talk. What would you do? Yeah. <laughs> when we have to work through some tough issues. And I think the other thing that helps me with the superintendency is realizing that I can take the time to work on decision mm-hmm. as an out. And somebody pointed this out to me. It was a very, it was a very experienced superintendent and said at the building level in leadership as a principal, you are making decisions all day long because you were dealing with student behavior, parent, blah, 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 teachers, blah, blah, blah. you are going all day long. Those district office, we float it. Yeah. We think about things. We talk about things. We take the time to process. We look at things from all angles. Right. And then we can make it. And that is, that is very, I've, I've really worked hard to adjust to that pace. I bet that would be a challenge. Yeah. And then, okay, who do I need to, to get this one figured out? Yeah. I think it's you that you communicate with the other superintendents around the area. That's a pretty big deal. I know that on the other side of the valley up the canyon, the superintendents get together monthly for breakfast and just mm-hmm. talk about stuff. I think that's wonderful. And- group. Our group gets together for lunch. Do you? Monthly. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. You can talk in a different way, develop those relationships, and maybe not feel like you're on the island all alone sometimes. Wow. So if a young person, younger professional, decided that they thought they'd like to become a superintendent, what advice would you give them? <laughs> well, my first thought was don't do what I I think take the time to get the experience at the classroom, mm-hmm. at the principal level, and at the build at the district office level. I was really really fortunate to have four years at Central School District in Monmouth and Independence. Mm-hmm. Four years at district office level because I had my hands on budgets, grants working with parents, providing professional learning for teachers. I had this broad range of experience before I went to the superintendency. And I think that is really, really important. I had a conversation one time um, with a superintendent who was teaching a college class I was taking, and we kind of got into it. He he really believed that you could be a superintendent and never be a classroom teacher. Oh, really? I can't fathom that. I, and it, you have to really, really, and there are superintendents who do it, but you have to work really hard at being able to see good instruction, mm-hmm. effective instruction. You've got to know the pedagogy. You've got to know the research and you have to work really hard at that. And there have been people coming from the business world yeah. in leadership that are able to step into that. Room. But I, and he's comparing it to like an air traffic controller that was his you know, an air <laughs> versus a pilot. And I was just like, you can't, there was times you cannot use business analogies, any kind of like with, with education. Right. And there is something to be said for having spent the time in the classroom with children. 
and understanding the demands that our teachers are facing right now. Yeah. It it is just enormous. It is. But to get back to your question, having all those levels of experience really sets you up for success, I think. And that you, you do have to have those years under you where you have had a broad range of, and especially things with budget. Oftentimes people go into it and they just haven't had the ability to experience to manage a budget. Yeah. Yeah. There's just different words to the principalship. You know, you get some experience, but it's not the breadth. Yeah, yeah, totally. I get that. I really do have you know, from the outside looking in um, with educators in my family and working with educators. It's, you said something a moment ago that always gives me a moment to pause it, that we put a ton of pressure on teachers to do things that really isn't what they signed up for most of the time. And we expect a lot out of them. And we, I'm going to go out and say it, we don't pay them squat for what they do. I mean, and... I mean, everybody's got an axe to grind it with education. I mean, everybody's going to find a way to bitch. However, yeah. if you're really yeah. going to complain, roll up your sleeves and get involved. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Go spend Wait. some time in a classroom. Learn what those teachers mm-hmm. put up with. Learn mm-hmm. what your own kids, the way they act towards these teachers, which is just a heartbreaking at times because the teachers yep. have to stand there and take, I think is wrong, yeah. personally. But it's a... Beautiful and thankless job that I admire completely. Mm-hmm. Not all. There are some that yeah. I don't, but most, by large, most of them I do. And I think in, in my 30 years, the dynamics have changed so much mm-hmm. in um, how we manage student behavior and then the range of student behavior in which that, we're, that we were having to address. Yeah. And I... You know, I've referred to it with the staff of we, we have to, we're, we're not doing a reacting way we need to, to manage, properly manage student behavior. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that takes a whole lot of training and skill. It does. That you have, a, it's, it's, where do you find the time? And that gets to be the challenge. And I also think, um, I refer to our students as our clients. Our clients have changed over the years. Especially the last three um, and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. But even prior to the pandemic, you have the influence of technology. You have teenagers with social media and access to cell phones. Yeah. I'm so thankful that wasn't around when I was in. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> you know, it's like we we deal with so much more than just the content we're trying yeah. to to instruct and hopefully the students are grasping. Right. And the amount of hours it takes in planning and preparation to be effective. Yeah. And there's all kinds of research on effective teaching um, can make the game uh, for students even in very challenging circumstances. Absolutely. And it's that relationship. A hundred percent. Thank you for saying that. I completely agree. Relationships in every facet of our life. But I think in education, it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. How those, those teacher-student relationships are. That trust yeah. that gets yeah. built or not. And what, how that affects the student's success and the teacher's success. Right. I hear all the time from experienced teachers of a student coming back and saying thank you and giving them a big hug. Yeah. Memories. They're memories of their teachers. Yeah. 
And Sheridan School District is fortunate to have some teachers here who have been in this community for a very long time. Great. And, and they are now, you know, the children of those that they've taught before. Yes. And they know the families. And that is just, that is just huge. And they make such a difference in the lives of our children. Such a big deal. Because of the relationship piece. And as a parent, we are entrusting our children with these teachers. The very least we can do is if we have a challenge, go try and understand why. Go, go talk to the teacher and say, well, I don't understand what's happening. Can you help me understand? And I think you'll be better served as a parent, not only to understand what your child is going through, but how to help that teacher help your, their, that student. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah. And I say this not having been that great at it when my kids were kids in school. Easier for me to say now, I have grandkids that are in school. But... Yeah. yeah. Wow. Dory, what else would you like listeners to know about you and about the role of being a superintendent or a teacher or a principal or educator? I guess I just, I want to give credit to the industry of education. Nice. I think the, the pandemic put a huge spot on everything that we don't do well. We oh, yeah. threw teachers into Zoom meetings and we, I, it was just horrible. They had no training. Yeah. And it, it, it's going to take us a long time to recover. For sure. And I just, I want to give credit to, to, to what I call my industry. There, it's my, edu- my educational role and what I want as a professional. But, um, but the teachers and principals and support staff and custodians and bus drivers that I work with, but build those relationships every day with kids. And the thing of it is, is you never know about the seed you're planting. Not true. And, and education is relational. It's like our, our foundation has to be on building positive relationships. Very different from business industry. And so I, I just want to give credit to our hardworking staff. Um, because they make my job in- enjoyable. They really are not. We, we have, <laughs> for the most part, for the sure. majority of the time, you know, we're doing the good work. It's hard yeah. work, but we also, we, we have to work together um, because it is very, very challenging. You know, it's, I just feel bad because there's such this public perception on education right now in working to change that. Yeah. And are really, really good teachers and support staff out there just doing amazing things and their stories don't are not able to be told they don't get told at all you're right so what about those parents or or even just community members who are staying on the sidelines griping what what would you encourage them to do i would encourage like you said earlier to visit a classroom I mean, i one of the superintendents i worked with years ago did superintendent walkthroughs and i would love to return to that Take three or four people and let's just walk through classrooms. Yeah. And and talk about the, the reality of of the things that we are dealing with. We have there are students who live in a core. I know. We have Horribly we sad. have stories that the general public just does not know. Absolutely. And it is just i just so fully believe that public education is the game changer. It when is. we when we do it right, when we get in there, yes, and we get connected with kids. And the way to do that is to get involved, right? As a parent, as a community member. I, I, and I say this, have, when my kids were little, I was not very involved with the school itself. 
as well as after school activities and sports, not kind of stuff. But five kids, young parent, I didn't know what I was doing. When I got into my profession, as my career grew, I had opportunity to visit classrooms, to present in classrooms about the world of work, right? That's, I'm the expert, supposedly, <laughs> right? So they invited me to come in and talk. And I was, boy, were my eyes open, I'll say, to the challenges of what a teacher has to do, go through what some of the students are living with and going through and still trying to be a good student. I, I can't even imagine it as, as my, you know, if I was going through, yeah, I don't know how I would do on either side of that equation. So you know, go visit a classroom, go, go spend some mm -hmm. time talking with a teacher, ask them why they became a teacher. I don't think most of them do it for the money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. it, exactly. it can be a good career, but it's, you're not going to get rich. It's just not. No, it's a career of passion. And the, and the hours are demanding. Hugely. It, it, it can't be done in 40 hours. You know, long well, teachers get the summer. Like, okay, you know, the hours that they are putting in, they're not hourly employees. And frankly, most of them are working in the summer because they can't afford not to. I used to, in my staffing days, hire a ton of teachers in the summer. You know, my own yeah. family, have, you know, my teachers and my family, they work during the summer. Either yeah. summer school or, or coaching or, or outside jobs doing something else because they have to. I know that yeah. my twins would rather be fishing every day, but they can't afford to. <laughs> so That's great. <laughs> anything else you want to share before we sign up? Thanks for the, thanks for the invite, for the opportunity. And appreciate this. It's been fun to chat. Yeah, same. It's been fun to learn about you and your history. And I just have great admiration for you. I appreciate you very much. Well, thanks, Dean. Thank you so much, Dory. This has been really eye-opening for me. I really had no uh, no personal experience on, on the work of a superintendent, just my perceived notion of what that work was. And I just appreciate uh, you being willing to, to visit with me about it. And uh, and, and sharing how challenging it can be. Uh, it's a tough job. And, uh, you know, I really encourage um, folks, parents, community members to get engaged with their schools, their local schools. Go visit a teacher. Make an appointment with a principal or a superintendent. And get to know what some of their challenges are. And maybe you can help them, right? I mean, there's opportunities to uh, to get into the classroom and and uh, help, help, help some of these students think about their futures and uh, maybe you can influence some of them in going to into a wonderful career thanks so much again dory take good care you've been listening to all in a day's work a podcast about work this episode was brought to you by willamette workforce partnership the workforce investment board for lynn marion hulk and yamhill counties in the mid willamette valley of oregon